0: So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hi there. Welcome back. This will be for Acts chapter 24. The heading reads, Paul is accused of sedition. He answers in defense of his his life and doctrine. He teaches Felix of righteousness, temperance, and the judgment to come. Verse 1, And after five days, Ananias, the high priest, descended with the elders and with a certain orator named Tertullus, who informed the governor against Paul. Now, there's a little something about this Tertullus guy. Ananias and the elders of the Jews who accused Paul brought with them before Felix a certain orator named Tertullus. Tertullus delivered his speech to Felix, and then Paul followed with his account of the events. The word used in the Greek New Testament for orator is rhetor, or a rhetor, a rhetor, a rhetorician. rhetorician. That's a guy that speaks rhetorically. The Jews knew that to argue their case before the Roman judges, they needed someone trained in Roman rhetoric. Little is known about him, but Tertullus was probably a typical product of rhetorical education during the Second Sophistic. He seems to have been a professional public speaker who argued legal cases for a fee. He knew the conventions and manner of speaking at the Roman court. His Latin name indicates that he may have spoken Latin and was probably a Roman citizen. In his speech, Tertullus aligned himself with the leaders of the Jews and claimed to be an eyewitness to the events, but that was probably a rhetorical strategy. Tertullus was a rhetorical hired gun, as Paul implied in his response. Verse 2, And when he was called forth, Tertullus began to accuse him, saying, Seeing that by thee we enjoy great quietness, and that very worthy deeds are done unto this nation by thy providence. We accept it always, and in all places, most noble Felix, with all thankfulness. Notwithstanding that I be not further tedious unto thee, I pray thee that thou wouldst hear us of thy clemency a few words. For we have found this man a pestilent fellow, and a mover of sedition among all the Jews throughout the world, and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. Early Christians were apparently called Nazarenes, since Paul was accused of being a leader of this sect. Early historians refer to a Christian group as Nazarenes, Christian Jews who neither would nor could give up their Jewish mode of life. Paul taught that the Mosaic law was not binding upon Gentiles or Jews, having been fulfilled by Christ. Later, Nazarenes rejected Paul because of this, even though he had been known as a Nazarene during his lifetime. Later, Nazarenes were absorbed within Judaism and Christianity by the end of the 5th century. However, the term nazri, or Nazarene remains as the Hebrew word for Christian. That was by Victor Ludlow. Verse 6 who also hath gone about to profane the temple whom we took, and would have judged according to our law. But the chief captain, Lysias, came upon us, and with great violence took him away out of our hands commanding his accusers to come unto thee by examining of whom thyself mayest take knowledge of all these things whereof we accuse him. And the Jews also assented, saying that these things were so. Then Paul, after that the governor had beckoned unto him to speak, answered, For as much as I know that thou hast been of many years a judge unto this nation, I do the more cheerfully answer for myself, because that thou mayest understand that there are yet but twelve days since I I went up to Jerusalem for to worship." And they neither found me in the temple disputing with any man, neither rising up the people, neither in the synagogues nor in the city. Neither can they prove the things whereof they now accuse me. But this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they call her- heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and, the, and in the prophets. We today, or even members of the church, are even called heretics, but we have the true gospel. Uh, verse 15, and have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and unjust. In other words, everybody will be resurrected. And and herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. Interestingly, this is almost the verbatim language used by Joseph Smith when he was being taken to Carthage jail two or three days previous to his assassination. Verse 17, Now after many years I came to bring alms to my nation and offerings, whereupon certain Jews from Asia found me purified in the temple, neither with multitude nor with tumult, who ought to have been here before thee and object if they had aught against me. In other words, Paul saying, because of what they did to me, I should have brought them before, before the trial, before the court. Or else let these same here say, if they have found any evil doing in me while I stood before the council, except it be for this one voice that I cried standing among them, touching the resurrection of the dead, I am called in question by you this day. And when Felix heard these things, having more perfect knowledge of that way, he deferred them and said, When Lysias, the chief captain, shall come down, I will know the uttermost of your matter." Felix refused to make a decision in the case, saying that he would wait until the chief captain of the military came from Jerusalem to Caesarea. This was a a thinly veiled stalling tactic adopted by Felix because he did not want to offend the Jews by making a decision favorable to Paul. Felix's own wife, Drusilla, was a Jewess of the herod Agrippa family, yet Felix didn't want to, to turn a Roman citizen whom he knew was innocent over to the Jews in certain death. And that was by Robert Matthews. Verse 23, and he commanded a, a centurion to keep Paul and to let him have liberty, and that he should forbid none of his acquaintance to minister to come, or come unto him. And after certain days, when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned or uh, of righteousness, temperance, And judgment to come, Felix trembled or feared and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. He hoped also that money should have been given of him, that he might loose him, wherefore he sent for him the the oftener and communed with him. In other words, Felix had hoped that Paul would bribe him for his release. Verse 27, But after two years, Portius Festus came unto Felix's room. And Felix, in other words, Festus replaced Felix and Felix, willing to show the Jews a pleasure, left Paul bound. Paul's in prison for two years awaiting his trial. Bruce R. McConkie said, Without a formal trial to appease the Jews and in hope of receiving money for his release, the Roman governor of Judea, Antius Felix, Antonius Felix kept Paul a prisoner for two wearisome years. True, the apostle was thereby protected from the murderous hatred of the Jews and the persecuting zeal of the Sanhedrin. True, he was granted sufficient liberty to write and do some teaching, but nonetheless, as a prisoner... In the cause of Christ, he was denied the full missionary privileges of the past quarter century. We must assume that the church did not grow as rapidly and that its members were not perfected as speedily as would have been the case had the great persuasive powers and energies of this mighty proselyter been used to the full during this period. No doubt this experience taught Paul that even he was not indispensable, and perchance his soul was further sanctified by suffering. But with it all, the Lord's apostle was in fact a prisoner, held wickedly and unjustly by the forces of evil, all to the detriment of the work. And that's the end of the chapter, and we will see you next time. Paul will continue to preach. by.